The real lessons are learned from failure. We continue this theme with episode 11 of this podcast, where we interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world on the worst deals they've ever been a part of. Welcome to the Worst Deal Ever podcast. This episode is brought to you by Call Center Cash, where you can learn to launch a profitable remote call center company in the next 30 days. Go to callcentercash.com to learn more. For episode 11, we sit down with Kevin Uratia, serial seven-figure entrepreneur and investor. In the five or so years I've known Kevin, I've been consistently impressed by his work ethic, his operational skill, and his no-nonsense approach to business and life. When I thought about bringing this show back, Kevin was always on my radar of must-interview guests. Let's dive in. It's a real privilege to have you on the show, so welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Don. Yeah, thanks for the introduction. Uh, it's been a while. We've known each other for a few years now, and it's like, I think our story's pretty similar, how we both started. So, uh, yeah, so maybe I have a quick introduction, but my name is Kevin. Right now, I have Boy Media, which is we do Facebook ads, marketing, but like Don said, we have an e-commerce store. We also do, similar to what Don was doing earlier, we have a made company as well. Which is kind of funny because Don, I always think we're doing the maid company for years, and out of everybody that like knew I was doing it, I think you were the only one that I was <laughs> talking to about it, right? <laughs> I think like you knew. Everybody's trying to figure out like who's who's starting this company, and like you knew who it was, and he's like, I was like, no, Don, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like of maid company owners, especially when we around when we started, we're a bit like a collective, a bit of a community. So it's great to have these uh, ongoing going and so tell me a bit more about Void Media man it's an awesome company I've been following in progress yeah so Void Media came out of us starting our own e-commerce brand so we were doing Chester we were doing another e-commerce company we also had like a handball company all selling products online and obviously when we first started out we were doing a lot of Amazon ads right so Amazon was big it first came out like Amazon was giving us so much organic traffic because at that time, what, maybe 20, like two, three years ago, Amazon didn't really build out their advertising platform. But okay. as, as Amazon was sort of, this sort of like FBA, you probably heard that, was like gaining traction, Amazon started adding all these like ad components, the ad modules to their search listing. So anybody listening to it right now, if you search for any product on mobile or even desktop, honestly, like the first five products are just ads. There's almost no organic anymore. Whereas before it was such like a treasure trove of, of you know, customers data of just like pure just users coming to buy your product which is great for us and then yeah. amazon saw this and i tell people right now like amazon makes billions now just on purely in advertising if you look at their filings quarterly you'll see that like this sector is they're probably the biggest competitor next to like facebook and google the duopoly of advertising so amazon is quickly gaining traction because they're realizing people like us are willing to pay to get our product in front of customers so that's kind of how yeah. we did and then we started kind of going on this. We saw the white writing on the wall where you're not getting this free traffic anymore from Amazon. So you need to find other ways to get traffic. And then that's when we started doing more Facebook ads and then Google ads and sort of marketing outside of Amazon. And kind of what we were people were saying is like you need to build a business that's not built on the Amazon platform. And you probably right. hear any sort of thing. Like when you're building on a platform, it's great to get started, but eventually the platform can really shut you off and then you're kind of stranded and then you need to at least be thinking about other stuff. So that's the long why we started Boy Media. And then we saw that we were doing it for ourselves. So then we said, hey, look, there's other Amazon businesses also this that maybe don't see what we see. So right. let's figure out and help them out. And 
it's funny because now we don't even really do too much Amazon ads at all. We just mainly focus on Facebook ads and Google ads with a big sort of, you probably seen it done, like platforms are getting easier to use each and every year. They want small businesses just basically like, hey, put in a hundred bucks and then we'll go figure it out for you. So what we're really focusing on right now for Facebook ads is the creative side, the mm-hmm. ad, the copy, what's really going to make someone buy a product. Right. And I like how you uh, sort of mentioned a bit about how essentially you don't want to make yourself vulnerable to one platform, right? There's a lot of times you can sort of do the play where you just try to make some money and get out. But especially with Amazon, there's just been so many sellers and advertisers that get on there and they're doing very well. And then they really start to rely a little bit too much on it. And then for whatever reason, they're wiped out. Like Amazon will freaking take the product for themselves or whatever. Yeah, Amazon Basic, you've seen it. Oh, Amazon, I think there was a congressional hearing last week. And then literally they're saying like, Amazon's like, yeah, like we use our customer data to see what we can sell. Think about it. Like people are like, oh my God, why would they do that, right? But I'm like, if that was your company, I would be doing the same thing too. <laughs> like, but, and like, you're like, oh my God, why would they do that? I mean, trust me, like, if you were in that position, you would do the same thing too. Obviously, it's just a very different position. I mean, you know, part of the reason why Amazon it decides it is it because of their willingness to take advantage of those fucking inflections and those exploitative possibilities in the market. Yeah. So with that in mind, with being vulnerable and maybe getting screwed over by Amazon, <laughs> this is the worst deal ever podcast. <laughs> you know, you are a successful entrepreneur now, but... I know that like me and even more so than me, you've done all kinds of different ventures and businesses. So tell me a bit about the one that screwed you over the most. So there was a big, big time where obviously during the time when we're doing FBA stuff, you probably saw like there's all these like review groups for like Amazon reviews, right? So that <laughs> clearly we were kind of doing a lot of these reviews to get reviews for our product. And right. I guess one point we were just getting so many reviews at once, it kind of flagged something for Amazon and then they actually like, shut down our listing for a while. And then basically going back to what we were saying before, when you're vulnerable to the platform, you're like, oh my God, I can't sell on Amazon anymore. So then that sort of refocuses your shift. Amazon's literally saying, hey, like, we're noticing that uh, this is the time when everybody was getting these sort of emails of, hey, we're noticing that this is unnatural, right? And basically Amazon on your listing. And so then you're penalized for like, maybe I think we're maybe six, eight weeks. And we kept trying to peeling it, peeling it. Let's dive in a bit. What type of product are we talking about? So like an outdoor gear product. And the thing about this too, is that Amazon at this time was, I think they knew that there was basically back in like what, two, three years ago, there's all these courses and they're saying, Hey, ask your friends for review, ask your buddies for reviews, give like a free discount. Right. I mean, everybody probably saw that. Right. We're doing it because at that time it wasn't like it's not illegal by like anything but like it wasn't a thing that it was a thing that you were taught in courses so at the time people were like oh let's do it so obviously when any sort of issue exploitation like this comes into play and everybody does it so i think it's pretty funny but like if you looking at the results two years ago on amazon like everybody had the same type of reviews like this is a review for like a paid discount and like everybody had the same language right but <laughs> so you're amazon and you're looking at this, it's kind of easy to tell, like you're saying, hey, how come everybody has this sort of language in their reviews? So then tons of sellers like us got this huge email. And the thing about it wasn't you were just banned. Amazon was like, tell us what you did and saying who contacted, how you, con- because for them, if they want to find out what's the root cause of this, but- so who's teaching probably, who's sending me this course, what groups, like even now if you go to Facebook, you look literally just go to Facebook groups and tap Amazon products, you'll have tons of people say, hey, you know, for my product, you're going to give you a, a discount or 
Um, but yeah, that was a big one. And basically for that issue, the times I went wrong, but then like they would shut you down saying, okay, you're in a, like a period where you just can't sell. So then okay. that was where you need to find other, you need to have other channels of traffic or else like you just wouldn't sell product. Remember, you're like, we had like partnerships with affiliate sites, right? So we were on all these affiliate websites. Oh, like your product's offline. And then they're going to switch it to another product. We're like, oh no, wait, like, like it's like annoying because then, you know, you probably know that I'm like getting someone to update a website link once they do it once, almost impossible because they're like, ah, oh, it's not worth my time. Right. So, you know, I guess from a number of perspectives, you're working on something online. You're utilizing, frankly, different strategies to try to get that little bit of edge, right? And, you know, some of them by some people can be considered somewhat morally questionable, but it is what it is. You're trying to freaking do your thing and eventually as you're getting more sales, there's a tremendous amount more reviews that are legitimate anyway. And the products you're selling are a good product that work. So, you know, what type of situation were you in from a, maybe like a revenue perspective or how many units you were pushing? Revenue wise, I think like we lost almost 80% of our revenue. We were so dependent on Amazon. Wow. So that really made us think about like, this channel is actually super dangerous when you are shut down. And that sort of sentiment is sort of like I said earlier, where uh, everybody was saying this, oh my God, like we got shut down. You know, the community sort of feels the same way. It's, let's start talking about building a brand now. Now it's like, okay guys, now we can build a brand. Make sure you have a great Instagram, make sure you have a great Twitter, make sure you have your Facebook ads up and running because of this sort of wave. And you could probably just Google like Amazon, like the tons and tons of sellers out there. Plus like we just wrote like a big ass document saying like, this is what we did. And just saying like, yeah, sorry, we won't do it again. <laughs> wow. So you literally were just sort of doing your thing, grooving. You probably thought that eventually... Like, the- I'm like, honestly, I was like, oh my God, we're making so much money. Like, this is great. Like, reviews are coming in. Like, you're just hyped. And now all of a sudden you get that email. And you're just like, whoa, Jesus, no. Like, oh, it's so frustrating. Because you're like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? You're just freaking out because you're just... Do you tell Amazon what you did? You like, Because you see, you see, it's like you're, you're in this like thing. Like, do you tell them? And if you tell them, is what you did like even... Worse, or just like kind of like skim what you did, and you're kind of like balancing this inner demon of how much do you tell them and how much do they know? Because they say, We know what you did, just tell us what you did. Right, so, right, right, right. So, so like, yeah, were you worried about, oh, so we know, but we want you to confirm it? Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're you have a buddy, you know, they're lying. You're like, Okay, like, like, how much are you lying and how much are you gonna tell the truth, right? Yeah. Right. Wow, so that's crazy. So you're in this, like, how long were you guys sort of working this model in terms of, you know, just selling on, on Amazon before? And I'm sure there had to be a part of you in the back of your mind that's like, the other shoe's going to drop on us on this eventually, right? It's like anything. You're always thinking about it, but until it happens, it's kind of like, damn, you guys are really screwed, yeah. But we were basically set up like a good year and going really, really well, like, your rankings are so high. We're just like, oh, we're so, like anything, like when it's going really well, like, oh, you're so amazing. You're so good. Like nothing can stop, you know, that feeling, right? right, right. Wow. Like I suck. I'm a failure. Like it's like all those other emotions come out of you and you're like, oh, how could I do this? Obviously like this helped, but yeah, for like a good year, we were just like selling on Amazon. We're just like, hey, like why think about something else? And this is just working really well. Right. So you're starting to feel invincible and then you know, feeling here yeah, where you say like, things are so well, like I don't want to think about anything else. It's kind of like also goes back to, Hey, double down what's working. Right. So it's like, let's just double down because this is working so well. But in your back of your mind, like you said, you know, okay, let's sort of think about other channels in case things happen. Right. So when the hammer came down, you got this email and honestly, I noticed it's 
completely irrelevant, but I actually think about it in terms of online poker. When I was playing poker for a while, especially in the last few years before Poker Black Friday, I was doing pretty good online, right? Made like six figures online playing poker. And then all of a sudden we get this email saying, listen, the top three sites have been shut down. You go to log in and you see like this FBI notice. Oh, yep. Initial thought was, holy crap, it did direct it towards specifically me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, is somebody going to bang on my door in the next three minutes? And then you have this realization that it's like, wow, this this has been basically my my livelihood. And now I have to completely sort of reassess what the heck I'm going to do, right? So, you know, coming out of that, what was your sort of first pivot in order to sort of move forward or, or, you know, get out of that? So for that, I think it's more of a, a mental state, right? <laughs> kind of like, you're like, you need to just get over it because if you can really just be down on yourself, depressed, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But like, I've had people like, that stuff I did helped me get a position where like the product was in a good place. Can we said like, we got more reviews, organic reviews. So like that's our taking over. But like, okay, stuff is working. So it's like, you hmm, might as well keep doing it. If, you know, intermix a little ones that you know are like good or bad, right? So right. Uh, after that, we kind of really just start thinking about like what's working well. Okay, so we like so before we have a great product, so we know it sells. So now, how do we now find more channels? And that was Facebook, Google, cold calling for retail stores. So we knew we had great reviews that were still up there. We knew we had great uh, people that wrote blog articles about us because the products were great. So then we thought, okay, right. so so they didn't take down all of your reviews. They kept most of the reviews up. Yeah, exactly. So that was, and, the, and by that time, we already know we were building on this like hype of great reviews that we reached out to other bloggers to write about this. And then they saw those great reviews. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to write a great review too, right? So like you need to like, kind of we said before, like we talked about earlier, it's like you need to get some stuff in. But yeah, so basically we're just thinking about like channels, okay? And then we know by this time we we're kind of doing a little bit of Facebook ads and we just basically think, okay, like where else can we sell? So we started thinking about other channel traffic sources because at the time too, like we were also spending money on Amazon ads. So we're just like, let's revert some of like that money to other platforms and see what we get there. And okay. a lot of it came to like me really sort of working the website, making sure the projects are right, making sure the, the shipping is correct and like figuring out like other logistics that you don't really think about because Amazon was kind of handling everything for you. Adding a phone number, adding like a talk, you know, online chat with it. So. Right. So rather than just being like, this thing's working, let's not even worry too much about all the particulars. You had to really start to dive into the business and fix the things that weren't optimal at the time. Exactly. So what channels ended up being, you know, in general, better fit for you? So the channels that were working well were probably Google ads, like Google shopping ads, I think are always great when you have that, at least for me, when I obviously, you know, you know, the businesses I do done, I always do businesses that have a demand. I don't do like these brand new ones that get to generate traffic somehow. Ads, it's like great because people are searching for the product. So it's demand driven, but that also means it's also pretty expensive. So then that means you need to optimize the landing pages, the copy, everything else. Facebook ads were really great for us too. So when we were doing Facebook ads, we were driving a lot of traffic directly to the product page, but that didn't really work great for us. So what we did was like we create landing pages to just sort of educate people about the products, how they're used, why you should use them, and that sort of works better. And we still run that right now. So those are those are the main channels that we're using, and of course we still do like. Like Instagram marketing, like for social media stuff, but like we know that that has no like attributable ROI, but you still mm-hmm. want to look Instagram page so people can see that you're like a brand that you care about it. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I do think there's a lot of value in having like a comprehensive image across the spectrum, right? Because when people are exposed to your brand for the first time, they basically do their due diligence. And when you have those things across other platforms, particularly Instagram for product type businesses, you got a good following. It's the type of thing that helps you pass the due diligence check, and I think it leads to higher conversion. Yeah, it's that little like, is this real or is it a scam? And it's as long as it's like the sniff test. Smell good, all right. Let me I can buy this stuff. Right. So you know, I guess another question I have is. At the time that Amazon did what they did, did you already have like a site specifically for it or were you pretty much selling exclusively on Amazon? No, we, we already had a site ready. And we were, like I said, we were getting some sales from it, but like it was nothing crazy because even when we were doing like, when we started doing like more cold calling, we just direct people to the website and say, hey, look at our products. Maybe you don't like this one, but look, we have other versions, other models that you can look at too. So we already had a website, but it wasn't like, optimize at all so yeah that's like yeah we always tell people too like you should at least have a website because similar to what what you just said we said right now it's people see your product on amazon they'll still google you and see like oh do you actually have a website too right Right. little things that matter right when you say cold call were you like cold call retail stores to try to get in there yeah exactly we just cold call them and say hey look we have a product and we would just be like, hey, Google us. And like, obviously, my, my specialty is like SEO. Like, hey, look, we're like number one. So come. And they're like, oh, yeah, you are. Well, like, yeah. So you think, it's like we're doing SEO, right? That's why we have the website, too. And you know right. my SEO, so. But. Right. Like, they'll be like, oh, I've never heard of your brand. And they'll be like, oh, Google the product, the main like product head term. And they'll be like, oh, wow, you're like top three. And like, yeah, so you should have us because people are looking for us. So, yeah. So like you need to leverage your other channels because we weren't getting that much. People was like, obviously, you know, like if you're just because you're ranking doesn't mean you're getting traffic. Right. right. But obviously, you know, and anybody else knows that if you're on top of Google, that holds some sort of prestige. Oh, you must be good. So we're you. And obviously, a lot of these retailers are very older people and they trust you. You're except you're using the brand of Google. You're like piggybacking Google's brand. Say, hey, look, Google has in top three. Oh, wow. If you have the top three, Google must think they're good. Right. See how like you're leveraging that sort of connectivity of between like two brands. So they say, hey, yeah, that's what you should have us on your, on your store. I like that. So that's good. So, so you literally, rather than trying to create your credibility on the phone, yeah. you just let the credibility that you built already speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. I'll be like, oh, just Google the head term. And they're like, oh, wow, you're actually top three. I'm like, yeah. So, yeah. It's like, you have a great Instagram. Like, oh, look at my Instagram followers. Oh, wow, you have so many followers. You must be good, but obviously me and you don't know, you know, those are just numbers, right? Vanity stuff. Yeah. No, it's true though. I, I do think a lot of times when it comes to the decision makers, especially on some of the larger brands, they might like something specifically or personally, but they also have to go back to their higher option managers and justify the decision. Yep. And so if they can point to all these guys are like, you know, rank this spot on Google, or these guys have this type of clout then it's more justifiable and it makes it easier for them to sell their superiors on bringing your brand on board. Exactly, because a lot of these people that you talk to, they just don't want to get fired by their bosses. And they say, <laughs> so that's really what it is. Same thing with we do Boy Media, right? When we work with a digital marketing manager, they want all this stuff because they just want to say, hey, look, I made the great decision by working with you guys. Yeah, so they're looking for reassurance. I, that's a good point. It's something that I haven't really thought about. It's reassurance like with anything, like you're sort of this cold prospect, kind of like, you, you know, that when we do ads, like review testimonials, why they're so powerful? Because it's the reassurance, like, oh, I'm not 
the only one that does that. It's a very interesting, like when you're reading a sales page or like a landing page, that's where those things, you know, like proof where it's like, hey, three people reading this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what works so well because you're just alone reading it. Alone, like, oh, there's like three other people reading it. Like I'm making a great decision. And I think sometimes people forget that people hate being alone, right? It's, it, yeah, people love being alone, obviously, but like it's a lonely feeling sometimes but that's affirmation of like, oh, wait, I'm not the only one that's buying this product. I think when people are looking into new things, especially it's sort of, well, I think this cool, but am I weird for thinking this is cool or is it actually cool? Yeah. And that sort of depends on like the context too. If you're on a Kickstarter, yeah, you know, it's weird and new and like, oh, I like to be the first one. But if it's not that sort of mindset, kind of like product hunt, you know, product hunt, right? Like, oh, we just got stuff. You love to be on there because you want to find new stuff. But the normal consumer is like not that person. They're like, oh, I don't want to test stuff out. Right. So you need to who your consumers are, like tech guys, they love new stuff. So maybe you don't need new proof. You show them the new tech. But like normal people, it's like you need proof, right? So. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But most people are like in that second bucket of getting proof. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so tell me a bit about, you know, so obviously there's that venture and that, and that sort of product. So it's good that you had a little bit of contingency in terms of insulating yourself a little bit against the blowback of Amazon saying, okay, stop doing this, we're shutting you down for whatever reason, right? How has that influenced your approach towards new ventures or maybe some of the stuff you're working on now? Yeah, so obviously, Dan, you know we have like the second company I'll mention is Chester, right? So we did a luggage company. So that basically, we took whatever we did from the first brand and basically just started from all the learnings. Like we obviously didn't do that review stuff anymore because like we knew that was just, we wanted to build a better brand, a better premium brand, and people from Chester Travels, you can see our Instagram is nice. Our website's completely updated. And we started off the, off the bat with saying, okay, like we're going to use Amazon, but at the same time, we're going to really start off Google ads, Facebook ads, and having influencer content. So for Chester, we do a ton of influencer marketing where we're getting all this content for our website, but also for the ads as well. And obviously right now it's the worst time for travel. So it's another pullback, right? Another worst yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so. so say you're launching a Chester right now. From a marketing perspective, what's the first thing you do? I would say the first thing you do from a marketing perspective is, for us at least, is just make sure you have like a great sales page that people actually want to buy your product. I think a sales page for most people or even just e-commerce owners is like the hardest because they're so, for Chester, for example, it was six, eight months of like developing it. And oh, wow. Yeah, it took a while because like, if, I'm not sure if you have one done, but it's like custom interior, custom zippers, custom shell, custom line. Everything's custom. We have to get like Edwin, obviously, yeah, he did like a mold, a 3D design to make it sent to the factory. So basically, one thing you think about is like when you're in your product for so long, you stop thinking about the basic features of it because you kind of just think about, oh, customers are going to know that these wheels are 360 spinner wheels. Spinner wheels. You don't put that in your product page. But right. then customer doesn't know that but you know it and your team knows it because you're just like so engrossed in the product so i think sometimes as business owners you forget to take a step back and like make sure your product page or description actually mentions the features and benefits how it's going to help the user so that's why you need great sales copy sort of think about that sometimes and another thing too is like it's just like refresh the copy and for the page every few months because it could change or you just think of new things stuff like that okay all right well that's awesome i think that's a great point Essentially, the best way to sell your product is to have your website be the best salesperson for your brand. Exactly. Yeah, because remember, like sales is—I mean, you've done sales too, Don. Sales is one to one, but copywriting is one to many. 
So exactly, like people don't realize that you're, you need to have great, and I tell people like when they're running five descriptions, I've seen it, you've seen it, they're just one paragraph. I'm just, why? You own this real estate. Put as much as you can on it, but that makes sense. Highlight it, put colors, put bold points, put quotes, put testimonials. And the reason why I say that is because on Amazon, you're so limited. And on Amazon, you're fighting for each character. But then on your own website, you have unlimited characters and people don't fill it up. It makes yeah. sense to me. Like, at least for us, we're just, okay, can we abbreviate this word? That way we can fit it in. But on your website, people put like less than that. I'm just, it makes no sense. Amazon, you're like, this is, you don't own this. Where your website, you own everything. People always say, oh, I want a really clean landing page. I really want a clean product description. I'm like, go to Amazon. That thing is not clean. There's reviews, there's images, there's stars, there's other products, there's ads, there's- There's a mess. a mess. And the thing, and I tell people, this Amazon converts better than any product page in the world. How come you think that you don't need to do that too? It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, you're not Amazon, but Amazon is literally putting all this stuff on here um, because right. you know that, I'm like pretty sure that Amazon's done more testing than you were probably ever doing in your life. But Yeah, so yeah. I'm just, I don't like, like, oh yeah, it makes sense. I'm like, yeah, think about it. <laughs> I love that point. I mean, you know, yet another thing I haven't really thought about so succinctly, which is when you're on your website, you own that piece of real estate. And so why not take full advantage of that opportunity, right? No one is telling you, yo, there's a limit to the number of characters for this particular thing. Overdo it if necessary. Then some people won't read all of it, and some will be appreciative that all that information exists. Yep. For me, it makes sense. I always tell people, like, the second most searched keyword on Google after your, after your brand name is going to be brand name reviews. So why not have the reviews on there? That way you don't want to make people search for it. Because you know mm. what that means another competitor is going to bid for your keyword on Google and then they're going to be in the number one spot or you're going to lose the sale to like one of those third-party coupon sites, right? So put that stuff on your website or even better, have a slash reviews page that's going to rank up number one on top of all the scraper sites. So that's a great tip. I'm not sure if you guys caught that. Have your site slash reviews yeah. and have that page be put together well enough, optimized well enough so that when someone types in, especially for product, this product reviews, yep. it will hopefully link specifically or directly to that page. And, and the thing about this too is, you will probably 99% of the time rank number one because it's your domain and it's your brand. And then Google knows that that's tied to you. So right. one of the easiest optimizations you could do because everybody does it. And I tell you, you need to have it. Why, people are like, oh my God, but like, why would I put my reviews on my site? I'm like, this is your site, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> It goes back to the thing, this is your stuff. Why do you, the way I think about SEO is you control the real estate. Why would you, why would I let a third party dictate how people think about my brand? But right. so if I control it and go do it. Now it's the same thing with getting reviews in general. We do a lot of reviews for Chester, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. we out. And I tell people, I need any, I, this is the same thing I think about it too. It's, hey, send out your products for bloggers, for YouTubers. And people are like, oh my God, my product costs like $200, $200. I don't want to waste that much money. I'm like, that's fine because it's going to cost you more money when someone buys your product and they don't like it and they write a negative review. But when you send the product out yourself to a blogger, I'm like, hey, Don, like, can you read my product? If you like it, you write a review. But if you don't like it, oh, Kevin, like, thanks for the product, but I'm not going to write it, right? Yeah. Because then you'll see, like, if they say no, like, okay, great. I just saved myself a bad negative review. But if Don bought it, he would have wrote a negative one because I know he's an active blogger. And that negative review would be so emotionally charged that you can probably never convince them to break it down. <laughs> right, yeah. I think about that as like an investment and investment in 
like I said before, in your SEO real estate, the top 10 of the year. So. Yeah, that's good. Nuggets left and right. I knew this would happen, but I'm really appreciating this. And that's a good point, man. I think we probably both learned that in the cleaning industry. It's like you learn. Other- you really have to kill it on reviews because you know there's a lot of people out there that are like fighting over ten dollar refunds. <laughs> and it's like, listen, cleaning company. Everybody needs to be a cleaning company because you learn so much, and you yeah. realize that people fight over five dollars, and you're just like, dude, like ten emails with us is not worth this. Like, just take the five bucks. Yeah. It's like it's so cheap. <laughs> just, just take the hit because that review is going to be 20 times more expensive than the worst refund you ever get. So good. Yeah. So that's a, a cool thing to pull over into product. Any of this stuff, like me and you, we, that's why I tell people like start different businesses because you learn so much. And in some sort of formal way, you'll bring something. Oh, like this makes sense. You know, it's like the cleaning, the margin is so low that every dollar counts. And you just like, oh, okay, like, let me just do it. Right. Like, yeah. So you ended up, how do you approach Amazon now when it comes to any product businesses? Yeah. So for Amazon, we just look at Amazon now as like another channel that you need to be on. A lot of the businesses, at least we work on with, with Boy Media is, they're honestly, a lot of companies are just like Facebook first now. So they, they don't even go on Amazon too much later on. But mm-hmm. what eventually ends up happening is, is I tell brands like, you need to be on Amazon because people are going to search for your product on Amazon no matter what. It's like a what, second, third search engine now? So I tell brands like you should be on there and you can be on there as two ways as you're fully embracing the platform, using all their features, using all their Amazon ads, or you're just on there as a way for people to find you. That way your competitors aren't stealing your traffic. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's, so there's the two ways you can really build out your full Amazon team or, you know, be on there with like slightly higher price that way people still convert on your website. So because Amazon still has an inherent trust and reviews and also just like shipping that, Sometimes you just can't compete. Yeah, the prime shipping is, is the big. I, I have personally found myself looking for certain products, online products, seeing if it's available on Amazon so I can take advantage of my prime membership. I think that's exactly why you should be on there because you could have a great product, and people, but you know, people like yourself and myself, we have prime. Like, why do I need to wait seven days when I know I can wait two days and I'm already paying for prime? So, right. yeah, you should be on there. Because that's a huge factor when it comes to buying decisions. What's the convenient factor of not only what it is, but when I'm going to get it? Yep. Because the thing is, like, when you're buying a product, you want it soon. Today, I was looking for a new monitor. And I was like, oh, man, I want it. I'm, like, in this mode of buying. I'm like, I want it now. It's like, oh, I just want it now. Because like, you're looking it up. You're just, like, looking at the accessories. Oh, like, it's going to come, like, August 8th. I'm just, I just want it now. It's a weird feeling. Yeah, August 8th, I can't take it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, but I know. It's like, today, today is August 6th, by the way, for all you listening. <laughs> it's, it's that feeling of like, you just want it now, right? Because yeah. you're so like emotionally invested into like, for me, I'm just like, okay, I, I'm going to work. I'm going to be so much more productive. And that's the thing is like, when you're selling a product, it's not the product, it's like the outcome, right? Yeah. For me, I'm just thinking, okay, with two monitors, now I'm going to be so much more productive. I can actually write, I, I can write now my sales copy here. It's just like, a, it's like the outcome is what I'm thinking about. So that's also another great tip when you're doing sales is show the outcome of how you'll feel after using the product. Yeah. And I saw Chester Travels, your luggage company, fantastic product, by the way, man. Good job on that. And I also saw, I own one of the hiking sticks. Yep. From Montem, really freaking cool brand. 
And, you know, you guys clearly put a lot of effort into making sure that the products are high quality. But at the end of the day, like you said earlier on, you're intentionally, almost intentionally entering competitive basis because you know there's a demand there, right? And it's way easier to do your thing in the competitive market and figuring out where other people are growing up so you can take advantage of that than it to try to create your own market. I only enter businesses where there's a market demand already. Creating your own market is so, so hard. And yeah. you it, but you need to either raise money or just have a lot of capital. And that's the thing too. I mean, you probably know, Don, like even like software, my background in software engineering, software like 10 years ago was, hey, you got a cool software product. You can just sell it. Dropbox and Dropbox first came out. It was like, oh my God, this cool software. And now there's like hundreds of Dropbox competitors. Right. And now, need now is marketing and sales to sell your product because there's so many new products and that's great because there's competition prices go down everything right yeah fully agree and then there's certain things that there's certain industries and i talk about this actually a lot uh with my course there's certain industries that are sort of like social media there is one or two within each major niche in social media they control the lion's share of the market and then all the other ones, no matter how many there are, they're fighting for the scraps, the collective scrap. But when it comes to a lot of products, when it comes to a lot of other different types of businesses, there's a lot of room for a lot of companies to have a nice slice. Yep. And so there's a lot of opportunity there, even in competitive markets in that regard. Yeah. Having like duopolies, such as like Apple, Microsoft, right? Google, mm-hmm. Facebook, stuff like that. Like you, everybody knows those, those companies are so rare. And I think most people just, because you see them so much, you think that's like the rule, but that's a little bit mostly the exception. They make so much money because they just somehow got super, super lucky. You probably know, Don, look at, you look at us down the street, there's so many business owners. They're all making some money. I know I'm not going to be Facebook or Google, but I got over, I wanted to maybe five, six years ago. I know I can, right? Sometimes you just say like self-awareness. I just can't, I'm not going to be that company. And it's more so about, I think in your case, especially for myself, you make a decision that you definitely want entrepreneurship and business ownership as a career. You definitely want it to happen. So what do you do? Just keep trying to win the lotto? Or do you do the thing that's going to get you there? Yeah, exactly. So. Cool. Like, I just call it a stair-step approach. Like, you just build a business, you learn, you make a little bit of money, you build the next business, you learn. I know for me, and I probably for you, Don, like, we have so many ideas. This is not like I'm not going to stop anytime soon. It's just like a gift and a curse. Yeah. Everything. Like, I'm always thinking about new stuff and new ideas because it's just entrepreneurship. And I just love that feeling of starting something new and failing and trying again. Because you always learn something. I think that's the most exciting part. It's like, you just learn something else. You're like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. So it's interesting, man. Some of the other guests we've had on here, they talk about their failures and it's this huge, crazy thing that really affected them for a significant time. But you, you're just, well, yeah, that sucks. But then we pivoted and figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the spirit you need to have. You just get, if it consumes you, you just let it totally affect your company, your business, your employees. You're like, hey, let's move on and figure it out. Okay, what else can we do? Like, it's kind of like, a bad breakup or anything like that. Okay, cool. Like either got to affect you or like you go find somebody else in you and continue your life. Right. All right. So, you know, again, I really appreciate you being on here, man. You know, and I've gotten some real good nuggets out of this. I'm going to be listening to this recording myself to take notes. (laughs) So thanks, man. The big thing though, you know, again, you're doing void media right now. What is the the one thing you want to impart to people 
that are dealing with some type of failure right now and they're trying to find a way out of it? I think if you have, obviously right now, people are like going through tons of failure. I think, I think we would just need to look at the way I look at it is just like, there's always going to be some sort of like light end of the tunnel and whatever that means for people. And a big thing is a lot of good businesses come out of bad situations. And that, even for me, you just learn so much by what you failed because you just need to think about like, why, why would I fail? But even then, it's sometimes the failures help you get to where you are now, right? So get the Amazon stuff. I would have never probably been like, oh, wow, I really need to focus on Facebook. And now I have a Facebook ads agency where we're, all we do is Facebook ads, right? So it's at the moment to connect the pieces. But when you look back, you're like, oh, that actually led me to this. And now I'm very much happier, right? Yeah. And well, how is Boy Media doing? You can be as specific as you want to be. <laughs> I mean, for Boy Media, we're like over seven figures in revenue. We have like over 20 employees now. We're growing and we're sort of even, even now at this moment, we're trying to figure out what's the next step for Boy Media. Like we have a new website coming out that I showed you, Don. 60k on that just to like rebrand the agency because right now like we're at a different level we want to be different sort of like every time like every six to eight months you need to be changing your brand your company so we're there now we want to present ourselves differently so yeah we're super excited about that but yeah that's sort of like my media awesome so essentially what happened man you guys were killing it doing what you can get your edge in the amazon marketplace amazon said f that and you said okay let's explore other channels and through that channel you got enough sort of organic need to start a company void media that's now doing seven figures with 20 employees. Yeah. And then for us, for me too, uh, it goes back to what I was saying. Like I was looking at all these ad agencies and I was just, oh, I could do that too. <laughs> and then I was just like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. So I was like, yeah, I could do that. I was like, oh, this doesn't look hard. I'm like, I'm doing it for my own business. I'm looking at these agency owners. I'm reading their bios. This guy's never started a company. Why is he doing ads for an e-commerce entrepreneur, right? I hate that. <laughs> I really do hate that. I, I legitimately hate that. Where people are like, we are the best yeah. for, you know, being the best representation of your brand and acting on behalf of your brand. But you've never been on the side yeah, yeah, of yeah. needing ads run for your non-ad agency brand. Yep. I think there's some unique perspective to be gained from having those experiences prior to starting an agency for sure. So with that said, man, we're going to wrap up, but what is the best way for someone to reach out to you if they want to learn more about Boy Media or about Kevin Urtia? They just go to voymedia.com, that's V-O-Y, media.com, and then just Kevin at Boy Media. And I'm also on LinkedIn, but I'm also on Twitter as well. So you can find me there too. Okay. And then what type of, you know, company brand do you typically work with? Now we're doing a lot of e-commerce the main one we do, but we also do a lot of online courses. Your course on, we do a lot of that stuff because those are really scalable online, all center cash. Yeah, so those are the main ones. We don't really do local businesses, kind of like a made company. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> we don't really do that. It's a different, like for us, it's about scaling you. And with like, obviously you don't, you know, something like made, it's like you can only scale as much as you have employees or you have cleaners and it's a different type of process. But with obviously some digital or product-based, you can scale much quicker because it's you don't need actual people fulfilling the stuff. So those are the type of stuff we do. A lot of webinar, a lot of webinar funnels too. So those are really, really big for us too. Okay. Well, awesome, man. Kevin, thanks a lot for being on here. And yeah, man, let's kill it for the next part of 2020, bro. Well, we have a lot of stuff to do, Don left. We have a lot of good plans for us. I don't know people know, but me and Don actually do business together. Indeed, indeed. Yep. All right, guys. So again, Donald signing off. Thanks a lot and have a good one.